This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to the Sticks and Stacks podcast on the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean Drotar, bringing you the best in hockey and baseball action. And we look at the Stanley Cup Finals. Game three is upon us. And of course, that means we'll bring in our hockey expert, Nate Lundy. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Nate Lundy because, well, he nailed everything. Blake Coleman, Anthony Sorelli, Andre Pilat, you had them all. Welcome to the show, Nate. Well, thanks, Sean. And, you know, look, a squirrel finds a nut every now and then, right? But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go into game three. And it's been, uh, you know, it, it's been kind of a challenge for me, Sean, because, uh, you know, for a while there, obviously going through the playoffs, we had at least one game every night. Now we keep going through, you know, this every other night thing, and it's going to be a fun series. But, you know, I've been sitting around kind of twiddling my thumbs waiting for game three. Well, it is upon us here, and of course, Tampa Bay is up 2-0, but one could make the argument that Montreal deserved a much better outcome in Game 2 than the one they got. They were playing well. They were shooting well. Uh, they almost doubled the shots uh, of Tampa Bay. So it's 2-0, but it almost feels to a certain extent as if Montreal has built a little momentum. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Sean. Obviously, the, the goal that Blake Coleman scored at the end of the second period with only .3, uh, .4 or so left on the clock, I mean, what a brilliant play. I mean, I, there you really can't, you know, you can't fault Montreal for that. All you can do is talk about just an incredible effort uh, that was made by Coleman there to score with less than a second in that period. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, all the way through those first two periods, I felt really good about what I was seeing out of Montreal. And then, you know, when they came out in the third period, I, I felt like they were a little little bit deflated after that goal that Coleman was able to sneak in um you know but I but I still believe as you said the the shots on goal were 43 to 23 so Montreal nearly doubled up the lightning with the shots um which is kind of what we expected if you remembered we were talking about some players last time that we liked um and I said look one of the things you need to look at is that Montreal is going to pepper Vasilevsky with shots that is the the MO to try to get to him to hopefully get a rebound maybe something that he doesn't quite control well off the pads um, or, or off of a stick save and you can somehow get a putback. Um, and so I fully expected that Montreal was going to really come after him and try to be aggressive. And sure enough, they did early on uh, in that game two on Wednesday night. Um, the shots were were skewed and obviously they even finished the game skewed, as you pointed out. Yeah, 43-23, pretty uh, massive difference. Sorelli, who scored a goal, was uh, stepping up a little bit for Alex Killorn. He said specifically, you know, have the next guy up mentality and keep going. Well, he did so. They're going to need a little bit more, though, because Killorn is out again. Matthew Joseph, who came in for him, only played six minutes on the ice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that, you know, in theory, Joseph is the one that, that is there for him. But, you know, really for for Tampa Bay, uh, I, I feel like, yes, we, we needed to see uh, some extra effort out of Sorelli. Um, I, you know, I brought up the idea um, on Wednesday, and I think it plays into uh, tonight's game, and we'll talk about that. Them, uh, the players specifically in a little bit, but they're going to have to keep stepping up. Guys like Tyler Johnson, um, you know, I, I don't think it's just a matter of a Matthew Joseph just because he is a plug-and-play on the roster itself. It's going to be those other names. Um, it's going to be guys like Goudreau. Um, it, it's going to be an Andre Pilat. Uh, those kind of players, I think, still need to continue to step up uh, for Tampa. Even though they're in a 2 nothing lead, Sean, as you and I well know, we say all the time, in a best-of-seven series, nothing matters until the home team loses. 
is. So right now, all that's happened is that the Lightning have protected home ice, and I give them credit for that. Now you go to Montreal, and this is an interesting scenario, Sean, because Montreal has been allowed here towards the end of the season and through the playoffs to have 3,500 fans at the arena. They actually uh, petitioned to the government to ask that to be pushed to 10,500. So an additional uh, 7,000, it would have tripled the home audience from what they had before. And Quebec denied that request. And so Montreal will still only have 3,500 fans in the arena. Yeah, that will make a a bit of a difference. It doesn't help with that energy. Although, as as we've seen in hockey before, you know, a, a league in where the away team really wins at almost a 50-50 clip. Uh, it, it's just going to be different, I think. Not necessarily disadvantageous, but it's going to be a little odd for both teams to adjust. Now, of course, Tampa favored in this game, as one would expect, with a 2-0 lead. What does that give us for opportunities on both sides of the puck? Well, I, I think it gives us a couple of things. One, um, Sean, the over/under is once again set at five. Um, we've seen it. At, at, you know, it was at five and a half in Game One, um, and that hook came into play, obviously, with the final score of five to one. But I, as we said before, I, I just don't expect that to be the case going forward. I think that was an outlier game for Carey Price, uh, and then we saw that in in Game Two with a three to one final, where the over/under was five. Once again, the over/under on total goals is set at five. I do like the under again. I do think this is another, th- you know, three to one. Three Three to two, two to one type of game. These are two outstanding goaltenders, and we know that because you don't make it to the Stanley Cup final without an outstanding goaltender. Um, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, as we've said numerous times here so far in this episode, you know, he faced 43 shots and he only allowed one to trickle through for a goal. So we're talking about two really outstanding goaltenders. So I like the under yet again. Um, it is sitting at straight up five, um, as I mentioned. So, you know, the hook does not come into play. It's not really juiced in either direction the over is a minus 115 the under is a minus 106 so a little bit more in your favor if you're going to the under but I'm looking at the money line in this one Sean and that is I do not think that um, you know this this train that is the Montreal Canadiens has run out of steam they they you know quote unquote we're not supposed to be here um, but they are performing at such a a high level and I really do believe what you just said a minute ago about the idea that game two could have swung their way if it if it had not been for that late second period period goal by Coleman and really a, an unfortunate turnover there in the third period that's what gave Palat his opportunity so uh, I think Montreal's right in it and at plus 114 so it's not nearly as as favorable as a better for a better as it was uh, in game one um, but I do believe that when you look at Montreal favored at home even with the limited capacity I think they're used to the limited capacity so I like the under in this one I also like Montreal on the money line at a plus 114. Well, you had them both right last time, so we'll see what happens this time. We'll take a look a little bit about the DFS side or player props in this particular game. Game three coming up tonight at the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec. We'll get right back to it on Sticks and Stacks. Welcome back to Sticks and Stacks. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. You can follow me on Twitter if you would like. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R. Our hockey expert, Nate Lundy, is here. You follow him on Twitter, Nate Lundy. That's L-U-N-D-Y. And, Nate, you're looking at particular players. Boy, uh, I got to give you credit. Like, when you started the show, uh, you picked Blake Coleman. You picked Anthony Sorelli. You picked Andre Pallott. 
Uh, all of them scored. So what does your magic wand tell you this time? Well, you know, as I said, you know, squirrel finds a nut every now and then. And uh, I also know the law of averages. So it could be that some of these things that I'm going to throw out here, you might you might want to <laughs> do the exact opposite. I'm not going to lie. But look, I, I think you have to look at those same guys again because of the Alex Kalorn situation. And again, uh, the nice thing is that um, Tampa has already come out. They did it early on Friday morning. They said Kalorn is not going to skate again. Matthew Joseph will once again uh, be there on the roster. They're going with the same lines they did. So I think to a certain extent, as as much as it's you know it's, it's difficult sometimes in hockey to go back to the same well, Sean, I think we need to look at those same guys. Um, the only one that I would throw in is a guy that I mentioned uh, a minute ago when we were just getting started talking about the game itself, um, and that is Barkley Goudreau. Um, I think he's another guy. He wound up with um, an assist uh, in Game 2 um, as part of trying to step up, take the, take the role of Kalorn. Um, and I think Goudreau coming from that wing spot is another play that you could look at. Um, you know, I, I don't expect a lot out of Matthew Joseph. Um, I also think from a DFS standpoint, he's super cheap. For example, on FanDuel, his salary is only $6,000. i am talking about Joseph here. Um, right. But he also um, I, he only had uh, one shot on goal. Uh, in the first game. So, you know, he could be a lineup filler for you, but I think there's two things working against you. One, uh, you pointed out, Sean, in the first uh, segment here of the pod that he only had a little over six minutes of ice time. So he's there, but he's not really there like Kalorn is. And the other thing I would throw out there is I would be willing to bet that he is going to be a lineup filler for a lot of people because of how cheap he is. So I think you may be better off looking at, for example, a Goudreau, who's part of that third line, whose salary for Tampa is only sitting at 7500 So Yes, you got to boost up your number just a little bit, but whether it's him, whether it's Eric Chernak, um, those are two guys that salaries sit at 7500 um, and I think that that may be a better spot for you to go in terms of trying to fill up your lineup. When it comes to Montreal, I think you roll with the guys that we have talked about so many times um, as having uh, an opportunity to, to step up for that team. Josh Anderson is one I want to throw out there if you're looking for somebody that maybe does not carry the same strong um, DFS salary to go along with his productivity. He only on, on FanDuel is sitting at 9 k So, you know, a couple of guys that you may be able to sneak in there in addition to obviously the high-priced guys, the Braden Points, the Nick Suzuki's, the Steven Stamkos uh, of the world that are out there. Um, on the betting side of things, Sean, I'm looking again, uh, as I was on Wednesday, at the shots on goal props, especially for the Montreal players. If you recall, I mentioned the fact that in Game 1, Nick Suzuki had zero shots on goal. Well, right. in, in Game 2, Sean, he had nine. Um, <laughs> which, which even in, I mean, in hockey standards, that's in insane for somebody to have that many shots so you can tell he was trying to make up for it a guy that I'm looking at in that same kind of boat for this game here on Friday night is Brendan Gallagher Gallagher is uh, a plus 105 to have more than two and a half shots on goal so obviously three or more well he averages right around there but in game two of uh, of this series, Gallagher only had one shot on goal. So again, we're talking about a winger that is known for trying to get some shots on net. So when I see a down number like that that I saw on Wednesday, just like we saw that down number for Suzuki on Monday, Gallagher is a guy that I'm really looking at to potentially explode for three or four um, shots on goal here in this game tonight. So trying to watch those trends, recognizing that a lot of times the law of averages come into play with these players. Um, Gallagher is a guy from a betting standpoint um, and even from a DFS standpoint that I think is going to be trying to make up for the lack of productivity that he had in game two.
Yeah, game two playing a little more physical actually put a big lick on um, Kyle Sergachev in that game too and, and knocked him down for a little bit. So maybe trying to get back to the offensive side of things, that makes a lot of sense. Well, there's what we've got for game three tonight, the Lightning and the Canadiens. Game three up in Montreal and what's going to be a quiet bell center. But obviously the action, of course, is full speed ahead in the Stanley Cup. So for Nate Lundy, our hockey expert, Nate Lundy on Twitter. And uh, like you said, we're listening in our last podcast. There's some tips. I know, Nate, you're concerned about uh, going the opposite. But <laughs> so, hey, keep it rolling. We'll hope you keep it rolling and uh, keep sticking with us on Sticks and Stacks. My name is Sean Trotter, your host. We'll be back next time right here. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. <laughs>